Welcome to Episode Party, the podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Tudor. I'm Freddie Harrison. And today, Freddie and I are doing something slightly different. It's just the two of us. And we're going to talk about Startup, which is a podcast that we've both been listening to since the beginning, I think. Is that right for you, Freds? Yeah, right from the very beginning. Right from the start. Same here. I think it was Planet Money, I think I first heard it on. They did like a, f- a feature of the first episode on Planet Money. And oh. It, was, that, was that it? Or was, it was either that or This American Life, but it was way back in 2014. Um, it would make sense of it being one of them. Yeah. And I had uh, about, I don't know, three podcasts on my feed at that point. And Startup joined that much, you know, much cherished list, that little cluster of podcasts that I listened to early on. And and, and basically, it's a really interesting podcast, I think, because it's one where I think both of us, and in fact, most people I've spoken to think the first series that was way back in 2014 was amazing. Um, And basically, just to give everyone like a brief introduction to what that first series was, uh, it's centred on a chap called Alex Bloomberg, who was best known for his work on This American Life and Planet Money. And it's essentially about his efforts to start a new podcast company. So it goes through his meetings with investors and uh, meeting his business partner, naming the company. And and all along the way, you're getting this very intimate insight into his own uh, thoughts and feelings on uh, being a founder of this company and, uh, you know, his conversations with his wife, which were so illuminating. And it was just an amazing podcast i think such an incredible insight obviously it had that meta quality to it um Mm. and i mean spoiler alert it it worked out well like they've got loads of loads of podcasts (laughs) now they're doing real good and uh yeah and so what's interesting is obviously it reached a point where the drama kind of got sucked out of it because uh, ironically because the company was doing well it sort of extinguished that uh, tension that startup thrived off of which was will they make it or won't they i mean it exists mm. it's doing really good so clearly they got off the ground and the reason we're talking about startup today is because after they finished that first series and it came to an end because essentially the ball was well and truly rolling by that point uh, yeah. They had, you know, Reply All on board. They were starting to put shows into production. And they could have stopped the podcast right there and said, like, that's it. But I think what they saw was an opportunity to transpose that spirit of looking at these startup companies and the, the problems that they're facing from maybe a more human perspective than, than you know. I'm sure there's loads of business podcasts out there which deal with the more uh, the drier, more technical stuff around doing a startup, but they had something that was quite a unique twist, I think. So mm. they were looking to bring that to other companies. And um, the ways that they've done that... I think it's fair to say that they've struggled to find how to really keep that spirit going because the format has changed so much over the years since. And so what we are gathered here to do today, Freddie and I, is to just talk about the changes in format and the way the podcast has evolved because I've had a a, a rickety relationship with its attempts to try and recapture that original spirit of that first series or at least find a new way to present it. Um, Right. Freddie, how does that sound to you and is there any thoughts you want to chime in with at this point yeah i i'd pretty much agree with your your assessment so far i mean i I don't think by any means that each of their attempts to kind of reinvent startup have been bad some have been not as good as others um some have been great and uh, i've kind of picked out a few uh latter episodes in kind of season five and season six um that i I have really enjoyed but i think it was always a podcast that was set up where it was kind of like okay well where do you go once you've started up your company and uh and it has been really interesting to to watch them uh try and work out 
what startup becomes when Gimlet becomes a big enough company that we they don't need to talk about it. Um, yes. Now, I think Jack, that what might be really good is just to very maybe maybe we just go through season by season, and if you give a bit of an overview. And then we can just, you know, because you've, you've got a great overview that you've written down here. So maybe you can kind of expand on that and 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 tell us what you think of each season. And then I can chime in as I'm doing just now. Yeah, <laughs> it seems to be working so far, doesn't it? Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, so startup season one, way back in 2014. We've kind of covered that. It followed the company Gimlet first starting up before it was even Gimlet. Uh, series two, they basically did the same thing again, albeit with a different company. And it was the same format in the sense that it was following one company throughout the entire series. The company in question was Dating Ring, which is like a, a, a dating company, uh, which went through Y Combinator, that startup, um, what would you call it, incubation? Incubator. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Um, and that one was uh, had a lot of the same qualities as the first one in that it dealt with that uh, anxiety of not knowing what was going to happen of each stage of growth and encountering things in real time. Um, yeah. Season three was where we saw a real profound switch in format. And that's where they tried to basically focus on one company each episode and in fact what was also key in this is that it was a company that already had a story so it wasn't that they were following a company in real time it was they took a story that already existed and retold it so i'm trying to remember some of the po- uh, some of the companies that were featured in that early one i think twitch was was it called Twitch? The gaming, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So they yeah. they did that one. Groove Shark, I think, was another one that they focused on back in uh, se- season three. Mm-hmm. And also, what's key to mention at this point is um, that in season two, in fact, the host of the podcast switched from Alex Bloomberg, the guy who started the company, uh, and Lisa Chow started to really lead the charge. And I think with season three, it's very much now a Lisa Chow podcast because right, yeah. the format has changed and it starts to adopt a style which now I associate very much with Lisa's presenting style and her method of relaying stories Uh so season four we see uh, essentially split into two parts the first three episodes go back onto Gimlet and what's going on with Gimlet and the latest updates there it's a much bigger company by this point they're facing different kinds of challenges Uh, and then the second part of that it goes on to uh, a chap called Dove Cheney who used to be head of American Apparel, he founded it, and then was starting a new company. And essentially, it uses the fact that he's starting a new company to look back at his time in American Apparel. There is brief mentions of his new company throughout to sort of justify its status as being on startup. But ultimately, it's it's digging back, which I think is quite interesting. And I think here we start to see uh, startup being used as a conduit to talk about other things. Uh, and mm. I, did, I wondered at the time whether it was an expansion of what startup was really um, striving to achieve or maybe a sort of loss of the idea of what they're actually trying to do with the podcast a loss of focus Mm -hmm. but i don't know we Mm -hmm. can talk more about that in a bit season five sort of more like the format of season three they had a few where they interjected with updates on gimlet but ultimately it was you know a different company each time and season six, six is the most recent one that we've just had which seems to be, I guess, more like season five, although it seems to be broadening the net again. There's yeah, a lot in yeah. there where, I don't know, the definition of startup is being played with. Again, we can talk more about that in a bit. And season seven hasn't happened yet, but they've already announced that they're going back to that one company over several episodes kind of thing, yeah. which yeah. is telling. And, mm. you know, and I think over the course of this conversation, I certainly from my side, and I don't know about you, Freds, but 
I think it's going to become evident. I think our views are probably quite representative of a lot of people who listen to Startup. It's going to be evident why they've made this decision to go back to the original format of the series because I think there is a yeah. really, really profound tonal difference in doing it in the two main ways that they've done it. You know, either by looking mm. for a com- through a company as it's happening in real time, or going back and revisiting a, a story in a much truncated period. So, yeah. So that's basically start up in a nutshell so far um yeah let's start i think freds by just chatting about what we thought of the the first series because it stuck with me so much and i've enjoyed revisiting it actually as we've kind of been prepping for this but what what did you make of the first series when you first heard it and thinking about it now as well well, I remember, I, I know you said at the beginning that you found out about Startup because of uh, either something on Planet Money or This American Life, which makes sense because Alex Bloomberg has, has, has worked on both of those mm-hmm. shows. So um, it makes sense that they do their old colleague a favor and promote it for him. But I remember actually that you were the person that recommended Startup to me. And I remember you, you, you literally said, it's just a guy with his recorder and he's trying to start a company. <laughs> did I say that? You did. You did. And... Um, and then, and then I got the ultimate surprise, which is when I first started listening to it, that this isn't just a guy with a recorder trying to start a company. This is Alex Bloomberg of, <laughs> of Planet Money in This American Life trying to start a podcast company. So there's two things that, that make that special. is One, that this guy really knows how to tell a story and put together a great podcast. Like, that's just a given. That's his, his background. It's his, what he's cut his teeth in, and, and, and it really shows. But also, secondly, there's nothing kind of more exciting than watching someone who is effectively an expert you know is an expert in his field in terms of making podcasts try and bring that to the kind of arena of um capitalism and business Mm. and struggle with that because it's kind of that kind of like art versus business struggle that you know makes for an interesting story but you know a lot of people who work in the creative industries do struggle with this is trying to get their head around okay well i know i can make this great thing but you know, you're not necessarily 100% sure how you make money out of it or turn that into a real business. And I think some of the appeal of that of that first season of startup was was watching someone try and turn their art into business and obviously there's there's also the kind of appeal of watching you know effectively almost becomes a bit of a how-to guide for people if you wanted to try and take learnings from it i don't think that would be impossible that certainly those kind of early episodes where like you know he was he was pitching to chris sucker and stuff like that (laughs) i think there was but there was some real you know you could if you wanted to it wasn't quite you know tim ferris levels of practical takeaways but it was like there were things in there that you could take away if you wanted to go and pitch to um venture capitalists with your idea for a business you could probably get some good ideas from that especially because chris sacker does tend to speak in kind of tim ferris-esque oh um totally pieces yeah. of nuggets of advice i mean i i can't remember whether chris sacker has been on the tim ferris show but i kind of feel like if he hasn't already he probably should do tim if you're listening you're not listening <laughs> he um, listens to us i don't know i don't know um but uh, you know and I, I i think yeah i think you know you put it quite rightly um where you said that it, it set a massively high bar for startup and to be honest i didn't really expect them to continue startup i just thought you know what after after they got the company up and running that'd be it and yeah I, I don't know whether they thought that through originally. I don't know whether Alex Bloomberg had thought that through originally because obviously then you've you've got your company Gimlet's been founded based on this podcast. So this podcast is a building block. It's the foundations of Gimlet. So you can't just get rid of it. You can't kill it off. You can't be like, okay, well we've started now, so we don't need the podcast anymore because that podcast is Gimlet. Yeah. So I think in a way they've kind of backed themselves into a bit of a corner in some respects because they can't get rid of the podcast that launched the ship do you know what i mean i, I just there's no there's no way that they can do that because that's that's integral to gimlet now yeah um so i find it really interesting that they've kind of had to kind of continue to reinvent it and that you know it does feel like a struggle at times um but it is still very good but yeah going back to the original um season it's just so compelling because it's so personal and it's so intimate you know a lot of the times it's just alex bloomberg talking to you about how he's feeling and what he's trying to do and what's the problem and what's the struggle 
And then he lets you in on all these meetings that you wouldn't necessarily get in on. And I mean, like, meetings with, you know, people like Chris Sarko is one thing, but then him chatting to his wife about how he feels and how she feels about the whole situation is, is another thing altogether. Yeah. And I think this is one of the things that um, Startups got right, and I think you said at the beginning, it's not a business podcast as such. It's, it's a people podcast, and I think there's these brilliant moments of intimacy that happen within startups that that's what makes it great and i think you know that kind of became a thing in this first season so yeah i i love it um i loved i love the first season and um you know it's it sticks with me so well in the way that quite a lot of the other seasons don't you know i, I can kind of play back the audio in my head right now in a way that i couldn't do with season four or season three i mean i could probably do it with season four but not season three i certainly couldn't do it with season five either so no you know i think i think that speaks a lot to its success yeah, I, I think what's really interesting, something that you mentioned there is the fact that they couldn't kill it off. And I hadn't really thought about this up until now. But I think what was so key about that first season is the transparency. Everything was on show. Yeah. And you had Alex talking to sponsors about how much they were paying him. Yeah. to feature their adverts and everything was completely exposed which felt really refreshing yeah. and let you in in a, in a way that hadn't been done within podcasting before obviously because it's still so I still I think for most people it still feels like a nascent medium so yeah yeah the thing is then if you kill off the podcast Essentially, Startup has become a beacon of transparency and their commitment to transparency. Even when it right. moves away from focusing on Gimlet, I think the fact that Startup perpetuates itself and continues to exist is a statement beyond just being a podcast. It's a statement about their commitment to always let you in because they do return to Gimlet every now and then. And I think right. they uh, continue their commitment to do that for as long as it exists. And if you kill off that podcast suddenly you start to look like the big corporate sort of faceless business that everyone yeah. really hoped that startup would never become i think that's increasingly become the tension within startup and a source of the drama is this anxiety over becoming a business which is so big that it can't help but adopt that very corporate hat and start to feel like yeah, this big yeah. faceless impersonal thing which runs entirely contrary to the spirit of having a podcast that's centered on the human aspect of starting a company and this first season was just so brilliant for the fact that as you say loads of business podcasts out there which tell you how it should be done and are basically uh, relayed in the authoritative manner of someone who's actually gone and done it they've got the medal they've started a company and now they're telling you how it should be done and they know how it should be done because goddamn, they did it and it worked um with mm. alex bloomberg He's doing everything for the first time. He has no idea whether or not it is going to work, and often it doesn't. That first episode is called right. How Not to Pitch a Billionaire, and he does a really shit job at trying to get Chris Sacker on side. And I listened <laughs> back to that interview earlier today, and you're like, oh, Christ. You're like, I think everyone listens to that episode where he's basically stood next to Chris Sacker trying to tell Chris why Chris should invest in his company and you think surely you'd have a really zingy line talking about what your company is yeah, and yeah. Uh, why he should be interested in it and he's a freaking you know radio journalist like his whole thing is about verbalizing things in a way which compels people and keeps them listening and he completely screws it and as you say it's this um, infiltration of this uh, I guess capitalist intention that needs to exist, he needs to raise capital, he needs to expand this as a business, not just it's, he's no longer just um, in the business of making cool stories and collecting a paycheck, he has to put on this business business hat as well and you just right. listen and you're like I could have done a better job but yeah, that's what's so wonderful is that he ends up falling into these very familiar holes where you're like i've been there too you know and he count encounters these these periods where you're just like you can see that he's completely lost and he's struggling there's that one moment where he's trying to figure out what to name the podcast and 
he records this little message at like three in the morning. A lot of people have had this experience where you're laboring something so much that basically you start to pull out these really absurd, stupid ideas that mean you've sort of lost focus of what you're doing. You know, you can't see the wood for the trees, but he's going through all these possible names and then he records this message at like three in the morning being like, oh, I've got it. It's, um, I'm going to call it the Global Listening Service. Which is like, <laughs> this shit is such a poor name. But you know, you can totally empathise with where he is by that point. Yeah, it's like, yeah. uh, he doesn't know, he's lost focus on what he's actually trying to do. So yeah, so first season was awesome. We loved it. I think we've had guests on this podcast, at least two I can think of, who've talked about the fact that they loved that first season. Yeah, uh, yeah. And have also gone on to basically say, but then it couldn't recreate that. Um so yes. we, we've also had with Startup a couple of other seasons that have replicated the format of that first season. Obviously, the content can't be replicated. It can't face inward anymore. But then you've got a couple of other series that focused on just one company. So yeah. the Dating Ring one, which personally I thought was awesome. Like I think it managed to replicate a lot of stuff that I really liked about the first series even though it was on the outside. I think the key thing, as I was thinking about it this morning, is the fact that those moments of heartbreak in the first season where Alex is really struggling and he's basically making a mess of it, in the back of his mind, he must have been thinking, this is making awesome tape for the podcast and this is something (laughs) I can broadcast. (laughs) And even if it gets really embarrassing, then I've got something that I can put forward to people. It's still engaging, even if it's not helping the company, and that conflict was so key. Obviously, with another company, if they blunder and they make a mistake, there's absolutely no gain for them for that to be put on show. So that can't help but influence the content. But what, what have you made of the... So I guess there's two here we can talk about. There's Dating Ring, and then there's the Dove Cheney one, where it's focusing on one... Uh, one company for an extended period of time. What, yeah. what did you make of those other attempts to sort of transpose that same format onto, you know, a different company on the outside? So I think the the dating ring one was was interesting because I found myself kind of hooked at the beginning, but the more it went on, it kind of fell flat for me. And I think... Mm. And I think there's kind of a few reasons for that. And I think the first thing, in it, and I think this is one of the reasons why they're, they're always going to struggle, I think, to get the same kind of result that they got with season one by following any other company is because uh, most of the time when they're following other companies, they're following companies that are past that very first point of conception you know that they're telling stories that aren't happening now they're telling stories that happened in the past yeah and i think that's a really really tricky thing to do when you want to make it sound dramatic in the sense that it's happening now and like a really good example of that is if you think back to like serial the first season of serial was recorded as things were being discovered yeah the second season of serial was recorded based on a story that had happened and it concluded and it was done slightly differently and i felt like the reason that the second season of serial fell flat for me for, to me felt because there was already a kind of conclusion drawn and we were just working towards it totally yeah and i think that happens here too and i think one of the reasons that s town was so good for example is that um even though again it was it was kind of done in a way that felt present and felt like now and also there was impossible to draw a conclusion there because there's a great big twist in it um but i think yeah with going back to startup with dating ring it felt like there's a conclusion already there yeah and it feels like we're working towards that conclusion whereas with the first season when alex is starting gimlet it doesn't feel like there's a conclusion that they're they're coming to. It feels like an actual... It feels like you're on a runaway train. You don't know where that train is going. Whereas you kind of feel like you know what's going to happen with Dating Ring. And I think sometimes it annoys me that I don't know Dating Ring personally. Um, Like, I don't know them as a company. I kind of thought, oh, I wish it was someone bigger. And then I think, well, actually, if it was someone bigger, you know, if they went, oh, YouTube, like, you know, you know the result of YouTube, don't (laughs) you? So it's not not going to be any very exciting. Um, So I think it's a very, very tricky one. I think Lisa Chow's amazing. I think she's brilliant. Mm. Um, I've really, really enjoyed, I think that was the correct addition in terms of staffing to, to start up. And I think she's really good. Occasionally, I feel like 
like I'm listening to Planet Money because she used to do Planet Money. So I just kind of forget that I'm actually listening to uh, Startup. Um, yeah. Genuinely, I have moments where I'll be like in the shower and I'll have a Bluetooth speaker in the shower and my phone will be in the room and I'll just have like four or five podcasts on and I've finished one just as I get into the shower. And I'll start the next one. I can't remember which podcast I'm listening to because, you know, Alex and, and Lisa both worked on Planet Money. So you kind of, you know, <laughs> names kind of cross over. But I do think she's great and I think she's done a brilliant job with it despite the format not kind of solidifying or kind of necessarily hitting the mark at times. Um, I kind of just felt the need to say that. With the Dove Cherney season four, I thought it was an incredible story, but I felt like the story carried it. If you know what I mean. Oh, totally. Like it, yeah. It's yeah, and I think it's interesting that you point out, and it's and it's very true that ostensibly that it was meant to be about his new startup, but it very quickly turned into the backstory, which which arguably and and correctly is is absolutely necessary to understand where he got to. Mm. But it did feel like it got to a point where the story became more about his past and more about what happened with him at American Apparel and how he operated at American Apparel and the things that he did outside of American Apparel rather than his struggle to start a company after he'd been ousted. And in some respects, maybe the balance wasn't right. Maybe it had been good to have focused a little bit more on him starting his company up, but I'd be interested to know what where he's at now with it. But at the same time, I think it was an important story to tell, and I think they did an incredible job of telling that story. It was such a gripping few episodes. Oh, it was man. so, so well done. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, he's such an interesting character. And I think the thing is, with this whole focusing on a single company thing, and I, I don't really have a good answer because I don't think that not focusing on a single company is right either, but I think that it's so reliant on having the right person. Um, yes. And it's really interesting because I, I noticed on the startup website earlier that the, the advert for um, finding a new company to focus on in season seven now this might be a little bit old now but it's there and it's it's just interesting to like read the little kind of the job description as it were for the right person so that they say some key things we're looking for a thoughtful emotionally honest talker a good storyteller a project that's interesting in its own right a project with momentum and some pivotal moments like investor meetings product prototypes barn raisings etc likely to take place over the next six months and a project that's likely to be located in the bay area now i think they've made a rod for their own back because if you say we're looking for a startup to cover in the Bay Area, I I worry for the size of your email inbox because like <laughs> yeah. everyone's starting a company in the Bay Area and wants free advertising. So yeah. and I think I think that's the hardest part, I guess, of choosing the company to focus on is finding the right company. And I, I do wonder whether with some of the other seasons where they've focused on individual companies, whether they've kind of been pulling at strings and picking up these companies and going, right, can we make seven episodes out of you? And then suddenly realizing, no, no, this is a one or two story episode at best. Yeah. And there's no, you know, it resolves itself a lot quicker. And I know that having listened to the long form in long form podcast with uh, the reply all guys and reading kind of their Reddit, ask me anything and stuff like that. Like they do a lot of that where they pick up stories that resolve themselves very quickly or never resolve themselves. And there's a lot of stuff that's sat on the cutting room floor right now that might get picked up later on, but isn't necessarily going where they hoped it would go. Hmm. And I, I do wonder whether that's how startup has been shaped. And I wonder whether those seasons like season three, where it was kind of one or two episodes per company, whether all of them started with the intention of perhaps turning one of them into a seven or eight you know, episode season. And they suddenly realized that actually there's not seven or eight episodes in this company. There's two. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like I say, I think, you know, to kind of bring my thoughts into some kind of neat little bow i think d dating ring was was interesting but it just felt too much like we were telling telling a story that happened in the past and it just didn't feel as exciting although it was good and i think the the um the dove charney season was was excellent but because of everything he'd done in this past that's what made it excellent um and and him as a character he's a very interesting character but that was a really really good season that dove Chani series I think was such an interesting one because they could have gone either way and they had a choice right. to follow either the future facing 
unknown that had driven the likes of the first season and the dating ring one, where they're following someone building their own company and they don't know how it's going to go, or they look back on a story that already exists and they tell that story. And I think there's a gamble to be made there. There's the surefire guarantee that you've got a good story if you're looking back because it's happened but as you say you also forfeit the drama of stepping forward into the unknown which I think uh, really impresses itself on the tone of it you know that the story has already happened and it feels like that even if they're trying to inject some sense of drama and some cliffhangers you know that they know the ending and that really does affect the way that you hear it I think what's really there's a couple of things that I think are really interesting about that I mean the first one I think is that the retrospective story is so much easier to play because yeah like I say there's a guarantee there's a good story as you're saying with the reply all guys you could follow a company and then find out that actually there's not much to say it's over and done within an episode and yeah. you don't know that that company's going to survive. You look at the survival rates of these startups, and they're not great. And I think mm. they must really be struggling to find a company and feel right that, you know, for this seventh, seventh season, that it's going to be the company that they want to follow. The other thing with this Dove Chani one is that I feel like they had an ethical obligation to explore the past and prioritise that over looking to the future because of the history that Dove Chani has had and because of the uh, misdeeds that basically bedecked his past and his history at American Apparel. I think to know that and then to push forward and focus on the future is almost offering him the opportunity to wipe the slate clean. And I think that's quite a big, bold move to make. And I'm so glad that they took the tact that they did. And I think it was as much a statement to the listeners and a statement to Dove that he wasn't able to just shed his previous skin by starting again. And starting a new company from scratch does not mean starting your life from scratch. And what was amazing is that this person who you know from the story that it existed in his past at American Apparel, by the sounds of it, could be pretty unpleasant. You get these glimmers of that person already coming into this new company and this new persona he's trying to build for himself. And that, uh-huh. for me, made it a really interesting season. And, in fact, I mean, the more I'm talking about it, the more I think it validates itself um, by in, in, in essentially violating its own remit of following a startup by mm, resisting mm. that forward flow to say, well, hang on a sec, there's a lot going on back here that we should probably give attention to. Um, so that was one that really worked for me. And, and I think the tension that was present in season one in the unknown of, of you know, whether the company was going to survive and the conflict of, you know, good tape versus showing yourself off to be an absolute buffoon on air all of that conflict i think existed in season four for you know completely different reasons the reasons that i've just i've just laid out and so i think that's why that one was such a success and and such compelling listening but yeah we should probably give attention to these other other attempts to sort of reinvigorate startup by yeah. switching up the format. And I think, talking to you about it, I realise as well, there's a lot of these episodes that I've enjoyed and there's a lot that I've been like, hmm, you know, there are other podcasts that are doing a similar kind of thing now. You know, I'm thinking particularly of NPR's How I Built This with Guy yes. Raz. So mm-hmm. I think it's distinguishing this podcast from the other selection of podcasts that are doing the same thing. There's also um, Masters of Scale, with the LinkedIn chat, Reid Hoffman. Yes, you know, yes. A- again, it's like this is a crowded space now and startup needs to distinguish itself and I think it has done with varying results. But what do you reckon to these sort of mini focuses on, on companies that are over and done with within one or two episodes? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's like wise to try and go through season by season here, pl- plainly because quite a lot of the seasons were forgettable, mm-hmm. um, or at least quite a lot of the episodes were forgettable. Yeah, but there are like a few that became really good. I think those, and I think the first kind of three se- um, episodes of season four, just going back to season four very quickly, where they focus back on Gimlet, which is was a really nice like little refocus. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a, a great kind of moment. And then you know, again, there was kind of another one of those in in season five wasn't there with the bit of a kind of the phone in episode with alex and stuff like that yeah and i think there's some really nice moments where they, they kind of revert to those things which i which i thought was great and i think in season five there you know there were a few that were particularly particularly interesting i think they they've stumbled on a kind of a, a gem with the um with the executive coach jerry colonna Do you <laughs> yeah, him? I, <laughs> yeah I, I, awesome. I love him i think he's great um and i think they they had a real gem there because they did their first episode with jerry when they had uh alex didn't they he he did it he did a whole thing with alex bloomberg didn't he yeah he did yeah yeah and, and that was like a really brutally intimate conversation and i I, jerry has this kind of like uh gentle giant kind of-esque way to him he's got his own podcast i haven't listened to it but that's perhaps we'll revisit that at some point yeah um but he he just manages to break people down without being a dick do you know what i mean like he, he he gets them to talk to the point where they suddenly open up and the floodgates open and all of a sudden they're this kind of they're not worse off as a result but they are certainly incredibly vulnerable and i i find it fascinating so they they obviously did that episode with alex and then in season five there was episode four which is called running a family in a business and they they brought jerry cloner back in he sat down with a woman called diana lovett who started a kind of uh, chocolate company and they talked about how you know she she was struggling to balance the the need to run the company with with having a with having a kid with parenthood and i think that was a really really good one too and i think there've been a couple like that with with jerry after that um and i think he's obviously a um he's obviously a tool for them in the sense that they they know that if they bring in jerry they're on to a winner because they, they'll have a good episode. There'll be good tape as a result of having Jerry on, yeah. which I think is which I think is important. I think um, it's cool that they have him. So I really enjoyed that one. And there were a few kind of others in in season five which I thought were were particularly good. I thought, um, the, do you remember the, the the how to invent a new sport one with um, with with slam ball? I don't think I even heard that one. No way. Um, that's a really good episode. Um, so there you go. Episode party recommendation of this bonus episode for Jack is uh, episode <laughs> eight of season five, How to Invent a New Sport. And it talks about this guy called Mason Gordon who uh, invented this new sport called Slam Ball, which is a combination of basketball and football that's played on trampolines. So oh, already man. sounds great, right? And it's and it's interesting because it's him about trying to trying to make it work, and he you know gets it on TV. He gets two uh, seasons of the sport on TV um, in America, and it kind of works and kind of doesn't. And then it actually is like now massive in China, which is which is bizarre. <laughs> I think it's amazing. China. I'm, I'm almost certain it's China. I could be 100 percent wrong. Now I've said this, um, and short of reading through the transcript, um, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But it is a really, really good episode. I think it was just. I think it, again, it's just that thing about it being a story. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just a really. It is China. Yeah, it is China. There's a brilliant scene in the episode where he has to go and pitch to um, China Central Television in in china and he has to go and and he gets basically no time at all and yeah it how he deals with that is incredible i don't want to give it away i want you to listen to it and enjoy it oh, so right um, i just spoil we'll keep it spoiler free for now but there's yeah go go find that episode and go listen for the bit where he has to go and pitch to uh china central television it's very very good so i really did enjoy that episode and then yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed the um ask alex episode which i believe was the the next episode in that in that season yeah it was episode nine yeah um which is, you know, like you say, it's the one where they, they get people to call in with questions. And there were some really good questions. And that brings us really neatly onto something which they rep- they reference. They reference that episode in season six. I don't know if you've heard this one yet with Just Hit Record. 
Oh, do you know what? I, I was So I was listening through and trying to plug the holes in episodes that I haven't listened to. Is this the yeah. one where they then expanded upon one of those uh, AMA yes. questions about yes. Chapu's, uh, like something to do with prison? Yes, yeah, that is the one. So, um, and I only listened to this one the other day because, again, this was one of the seasons. So with, with, with Starting Up, it tends to drop in and out of these kind of, like, lull seasons i'm going to call them where you know they're, they're a bit kind of piecemeal and they're kind of got you know a bit of everything in i just kind of cherry pick stuff that sounds interesting but anyway it picks up this episode just hit record because the um kind of little tagline kind of introduction thing sounded interesting so I, I put it in my queue and i listened to it the other day and basically they talk about the ask alex um episode of the last season season five and they mentioned that they had a call on there that they couldn't put in the show because it was so much more complicated and they ended up speaking to this guy called Skylar and Skylar was basically kind of soliciting advice I guess from Alex because he was a big fan of both Alex Bloomberg in general and of Gimlet and of Startup and he you know wax lyrical about um, his love for season one as well which is good to know we're in good company uh-huh. but basically uh, Skylar was in prison and he was out of prison and he decided that he was going to start a podcast about starting up his life again because he kind of effectively lost everything he didn't have work he his wife had left him and he, you know he'd obviously been in prison and stuff so they uh sent a producer and i can't remember the producer's name off the top of my head i'm very very sorry producer um they sent a producer out to go and meet him and um and it's so uh, it's so annoying that I can't remember her name because she was brilliant. <laughs> she told a really, really good story about um, it wasn't Lisa Chow, and they they told a really, really good story about Skylar, and they they delved into his life and his um, time in and out of prison in a very similar way that they kind of dive into um, Chani's life, and and it, it's really, really good. It's a really good episode. So I think. With these seasons, there are real gems in them, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you got any that have stuck out for you, Jack? I love the coffee one. They did one about um, this coffee that was selling at Blue yes. Bottle for $16 a cup. And it followed the story of this coffee as it came out of Yemen and the chap who brought it over. And obviously Yemen being this um, Uh proxy war zone for, uh, you know, between Saudi Arabia and and Iran, uh, the story was incredibly gripping. It had some moments of mortal peril, but then also a lot of the stuff that comprises most startup stories about you know the tribulations of trying to make a good product and scale it up. The other thing that actually I've just started to listen to and I haven't got all the way through yet is that two-parter about Friendster. And I think what is fascinating about that one is you know that Friendster doesn't have a happy ending because we're not on it right. and we're not using it. And what I think they do really well in this one and I think is maybe lacking from some of them is that retrospective doom where they utilize that looking at the past and looking at a company that already has its story laid out in front of it and they wield that sense that something bad is going to happen and that's embedded in the tone of the show and i think that's the only way to really do these ones where you're looking back at a company is that you need to have a sense of where things are going to end up um yeah and and that in itself becomes the driver of drama because you're waiting for things to kind of turn stale and there's a great moment in that friendster one where they suddenly realize that they're growing too fast to really keep up with and infrastructurally they're really struggling and they start removing features that drive traffic to the site so they have this really interesting thing this email that goes out which basically gives you a statistical update on your network and your network of friends and who you're connected to and and that for a lot of people was really fascinating and that would really um, drive people into the site in their droves and they were like, we need to take that out. And they were groaning any time they got a new uh, sign-up on the, on the site because they knew it was just adding to this problem that they had. And, and that, for me, is really interesting. You know, that's obviously so counter to a lot of the things you hear within startup culture and, yeah. you know, how amazing it is to suddenly explode and have all that growth. Um, so I really enjoyed that one. I think there have been some weird ones. And... 
I think season six in particular, there's been a couple of episodes where I've been like, what? One for me was that one about China. I don't know if you heard that one, but basically, yes. Yeah. So China trying to establish its image as somewhere that's cool uh, via pop stars, basically trying to establish a pop star that becomes famous in the West. And it's essentially about this tussle between having someone who has a cool image and is sort of internationally appreciated but at the same time still expresses the values of China as a nation and and balancing those two proves to be difficult and it's quite an interesting story but I would really struggled and I didn't address it but I couldn't really work out what it had to do with startup and I, I guess as well it's about relaunching your image and so I guess that it's kind yeah. of tied in loosely there but then I just felt like it was slightly too tenuous oh, to justify loose, itself it? it is loose it, yeah it is and and I think if you're going to do that then you need to accompany it with a statement that says like you know okay so we're re-evaluating what we think a startup can represent because I think otherwise it just comes comes across as though you're just really straying beyond your remit in order to find good material and then that that I think in itself implies that perhaps the ground isn't fertile where you are. I I agree totally on those episodes where it's returned to Gimler and these happen I think pretty much every season we at least drop in for a bit for an update on how they're doing. I think they've done really well to address the concerns around what corporate culture is doing to the company. The stuff with Jerry Colonna, who actually... So, as you were talking and mentioning about that episode where he interviews Alex, uh, suddenly jogged my memory that he appeared on the one with Dating Ring originally when there was a big spat between the founders. And so he was brought in as, you know, the CEO whisperer to to reharmonize that relationship. And I don't know whether that was when they first came into contact with him, but, I mean, I know that was his first appearance on Startup. And you're right, he was a total gem. And his, uh, he has such confidence in the way that he talks to these these uh, founders. And I think what would must have been great for Alex is that he knows that he can bring this guy in and this guy will really, you know, get him in the fields and will bring out of him this... Um, emotional rawness which he is wanting to do for the sake of the show but maybe has now reached the stage of you know being in the company and doing quite well where he needs someone else there as well to to kind of tease this out of him um i mean i thought that episode was a really awesome reminder that within this company that has grown so much and now has you know 70 plus employees and all these shows there is someone who still has that innate discomfort with being in that culture so you go right back to episode one of series one of startup you've got a guy who's leaving the house to go and do a pitch to a billionaire wearing tennis shoes um and then you get to season five or six wherever it was i think it was five wasn't it where we did this recap and there's a guy who's Uh crying because he's presented with this question from jerry which says what can you do to your morning and evening routines in order to uh, you know improve your relationship with uh within meetings or improve your conduct in meetings and he feels this discomfort of suddenly now being the guy who's doing the meetings rather than the guy that's doing the audio and doing the shows and he was always so comfortable about being a producer and now he's a businessman and the fact that that still exists and they're still able to report on that I think is great because I just think it makes for such good radio. I think if they went, hey, let's do a recap. Everything's going well. Let's preview what we've got coming up. And Alex is all like, pippity pow, and like really, you know, really like together and really slick and on it. You'd be like, oh, okay, so this is yeah. a different company entirely. So yeah, there have been podcasts that I've enjoyed when they focused on just one company over the course of an episode. But I do think that it struggles to define itself as separate from these other podcasts doing the same thing, as I say and it has varying success with that and I think Lisa is often a real big part 
of making that distinction where startup is its own unique thing because yeah. she is um i think in the same way that alex was incredibly human in the way that she reports on this stuff and uh, also asks questions which i think sometimes come out of left field or, or or you know introduces certain ideas that come out of left field a bit so while they're doing that friendster episode um she's talking to a guest who was an early doctor of of friendster in terms of you know was one of the first users on it and met a friend of hers through Friendster who had a very similar name to her and they've gone on to be friends for years and years after and uh, they just call her up while they while she, uh, she's in the studio and they have a chat with this guy while he's on speaker and you know that was probably pre-planned but it feels like this spontaneous thing where they're like oh let's just call him up now and see how he's doing and and I think that kind of thing is is very indicative of the way that Lisa does things and the way that Lisa yeah. has managed to keep startup feeling fresh and feeling unique, even as the format has occasionally gone a bit askew and, and not been as interesting. But um, yeah, I think it's super interesting that they're returning to the one company model, we'll call it, we'll give it a name, yeah. for this season <laughs> seven. And that advert that you laid out is really interesting. I hadn't read all of that. I mean, I'd heard them talk about saying, we want a company that's based in the Bay Area, um, who's you know got a bit of momentum and has an interesting founder. And uh, it's really, really interesting to hear them expand upon that as well. I really, I, I mean, I wonder how they're going to do it. Because I, I, I imagine that they'll, you know, pick three or four threads and follow them. And a couple will run cold. And maybe like one of them will be the one that they follow all the way through. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, what I would love, I guess, what I would love is to have a season. This is my kind of like, I guess, my Gimlet startup wish list um and i was thinking about this earlier it's like what i really love is them to take a season that focuses on a single company but looks at it from the perspective of the the kind of you know the ask alex episode where they go back and they look at gimlet mm. almost like an ask alex but for a different company and each individual question basically gets an episode length answer because i think like the diversity topic is is a really interesting one especially in in most startups especially startups in the bay area i think that warrants its own one i think they get jerry colonna in for an episode because he's great like (laughs) i I just i I do i do love jerry um and i just i think there's just like i think there's there's a lot to be said about rather than trying to tell a long running narrative of a single company is to take that single company and split it up into discrete episodes but it's all focused around the same thing and they all link together and you know there will be kind of references to other episodes within the episode but i think there are so many facets to companies that have started and are going even in their early stages that just trying to pick apart those facets and 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 take them and and deal with them episode by episode would be really interesting um and it might be that they find a topic or a discussion point that lasts more than one episode but i think maybe we don't need to have a multi-episode narrative about a single company maybe it's a season based around a single company with discrete episodes that cover the different facets of that company uh, I he's don't not know. sure <laughs> i i just think that's why uh, see i guess the thing is here the toss-up is and i think they're aware of this is there's no point just doing the same thing but um with a with different names and in a different industry and repeating the same story and i get that and i feel like that's what you're alluding to there is it's like let's not just do the same thing again and bung a different name in there but i like the unknown of each episode going in and you're not really knowing what challenges they're going to face. And that, for me, was the drama of, you know, the ones where they focused on one company, is you go into the next episode and suddenly you're hit with something which comes out of left field where you're like, oh, gosh, yeah, if I was in that position, I wouldn't have seen that coming. Or I can see how that would have knocked right. me off my perch. Right. I worry if you um, segmented it into these different topics... There's already, I don't know, this air that something... I don't know, Freds, it just doesn't sit right with me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this is the problem that the startup has to wrestle with. 
Totally. Yeah. I, I think I think we've I think we've found it. I think it's it, us. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is it though. I think they must have meetings like this where they just sit and they're like, "Well, we could do this." Yeah, but then then we lose this aspect of it. And and that's the thing is that there's no way of basically doing a series which encompasses everything that startup once had. There are sacrifices that have to yeah. be made from somewhere in order to progress and to do something interesting. And it just depends what it, it, the question is what do you give up in the name of you know pushing another facet of startups personality but yeah, yeah I mean I'm going to stick with it I mean it's something that I think has been evident through this episode I've dropped in and out of there's some episodes that I haven't heard and that's because I've started listening you know I check in at the beginning of the season and I'm like okay what are they going for this time and if it doesn't grab me then mm. sometimes mm. I'm a bit more intermittent. I'll, I'll come back in if there's a particular, you know, that coffee one I was always going to listen to because I love coffee. But if it's a subject that I'm not fussed about, I won't go for it. Whereas with Dating Ring, I just wanted to follow the story. I don't really care that much about online dating. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's interesting. We'll see where we go, Fred, say. Yeah, and I think, you know, we should probably round it off by saying that, on the whole, we are massive fans of this podcast. You know, this is why we've given it an hour of our time this morning to, to talk about, because we are huge fans of it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, not every episode lands in the same kind of space as some of the some of the others for us but like you know it's a really really good well produced well thought out podcast and even if it doesn't necessarily conform to our specific tastes it's i could i couldn't ever look at one of those episodes and say I don't think they thought that through or I don't think they did a good job on it. I think that every episode there's there's a good job done on it and they are so brilliantly produced. And speaking of producers, by the way, I feel terrible. So I had to go and look it up. But the <laughs> producer of Just Hit Record was Molly Messick, which I should have known because uh, she, she does a lot of producing on, she on, does. on Startup. So um, Molly, if you're listening, I'm sorry I forgot your name earlier. I hope you listen <laughs> for the next 20 minutes to find out that I did remember after all. So th- there's just kind of one more thing before we before we call it an episode that we we wanted to l- have a look at, which was this uh, medium article from Do Lectures, and Do Lectures are a, a really cool conferency, not really a conference kind of company. So they do these lectures out in uh, various places, and it's like a day of talks with people, um, super interesting people, super and, and you know it's 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 not an easy thing to to go to because I think it's expensive and the tickets are limited and all the rest of it. But they've kind of branched out and they now do books and all the rest of it but anyway they published uh this list on medium of uh a hundred plus must listen to podcasts of 2017 and um i i shared this with you the other day jack i i kind of went through and scrolled through the whole lot and there were some that i knew there's some that we've covered on episode party and there are some that i've never heard of that i'm super interested by mm. um and i i kind of said well maybe we should go through that list not you know one by one but maybe just pick out ones that we thought were super interesting either ones that we have listened to that we haven't yet covered on episode party or ones that we haven't heard of and we're super interested by because i have a feeling there'll be ones that i think i haven't heard of and you'll know of them but (laughs) we'll see we'll see were there any that kind of really stuck out for you jack so i've made note of three here um yeah and i think there's probably more than three that i'm going to go through that list and subscribe to i was really surprised at the amount i hadn't heard of and you know usually go on these lists and it's like top 100 podcasts of 2017 and it's like serial radio lab uh planet (laughs) money and you're like oh for goodness sakes but there were a ton on here that i thought were clearly someone who's Dive, dove, dive, divin deep into uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> into yeah. the po- world of podcasts and picked up some really interesting looking stuff. So there was this podcast which I think I mean this may be on your list, Fred. It's in fact speaks to more to your background than mine. But there's one called Clever which is a podcast about design. Right. What I like the look of about this one is that uh, I know there are a couple of other podcasts about design. I mean, most notably 99% Invisible. This one looked to be a long-form interview podcast with designers, which um, I've taken yes. a brief skim over the episodes and it looked to be really interesting and sort of seemed to bleed out of the lines a bit to discuss a lot of the less obvious 
um, facets of design and the considerations you have to make. There's another one called What Doesn't Kill You, which focuses on interviews with journalists, authors, scientists, activists, and industry experts um, to talk about key issues in our food system. And uh-huh. I do my best to try and be conscious with what I eat, but I'm sure there's a lot that I'm overlooking. And that, for me, is probably one that I'm going to try and tune into on a regular basis just to keep myself up to date to with that thing, depending on how it pans out. But, yeah, that one looks really interesting to me. And the other one that I thought looked very interesting was uh, called The Adapters which is a podcast, Mm -hmm. it says it's a podcast that visits those thinking about the future and figuring out how we will adapt to this changing planet. And there was a sort of a plus and a negative against this podcast that I could see. The plus was that it was, um, I think it's uh, presented by Flora Lichtman, who does every little thing on Gimlet now, and also did, um, is it Science Friday, is it called? But she's awesome. I really like her presenting style. So that got me quite buoyed to listen to this one. The sad point about this one is that it doesn't look like it's been updated since 2015. So what it's doing on a list... (laughs) (laughs) What it's doing... I mean, again, we could return to our discussion on the uh, pertinence of podcasts and the fact that, you know, I'm sure that there's... You know, a lot of reason to go back and listen to podcasts that were released in 2015 that yeah. feel, still feel timely. But unfortunately, one that's about our changing planet, going back to 2015, I mean, the planet's probably changed by then, you know. So mm, uh, whether it's yeah. still relevant to listen to, I don't know. But I'm going to see because I have faith in what Flora does with every little thing. And I think it will be interesting. There was one other that originally I wrote down and then I took off, which I think was called Slow Home. It was the first one on the list about living right. a slower life. And then I looked at the website and it was um, felt it smacked of that self-help thing of like, I used to be this way, but now I'm like this and my life is wonderful and I'm going to show you how to do it too. Which, <laughs> when I first read the description on Medium, didn't look like yeah. that was what it was going to be about. They'd done a quite a good job of spinning it to separate it from the self-help thing. But actually, yeah. you know, having looked yeah. into it, it maybe looks a bit like, you know, one of those things where it's like, I'm a guru now on life and let me just impart some knowledge to the little people. But I might give it a look. We'll see. But um, what have you got, Freds, on your list? Well, there's a few, um, some of which I've I've actually started listening to, um, and some oh, okay. some I haven't. I'm 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 super intrigued by um, the Great Discontent podcast because I'm a fan of the Great Discontent, which started off as a, a online kind of magazine interview series, and they're quite like long form interviews with creators of all forms. But the interviews are always really interesting. And then they did a Kickstarter and produced a magazine version, and this magazine is an absolute it's 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 thick it's like super <laughs> thick it's massive it's heavy um god knows how they afforded to post it to the uk from the us but they i've just seen that like and it was only through scrolling through this rift i think the second time i noticed that they they do a podcast uh which is in front of a live audience um from a hotel in brooklyn and it's the live interviews which i, th- I think will be really really interesting to uh, listen to and one that's on the list that's a very very new out which i've started listening to which i'm sure will come up in another episode party is um hurry slowly by jocelyn k Gly. i really 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 love this podcast i kind of i don't really know what to say about it i, I don't know if i want to say too much about it but it's it's super super interesting so you know the official description is hurry slowly is a show about how we can find more creativity and meaning in our daily lives by slowing down um so that you know again you kind of can worry that it falls into that kind of you know self-help realm yeah but i think actually the way it's done and the interviews and and everything else are are just really interesting um and they're not about two people telling you how great they are and how you're not as great as them right um that's the key isn't it that's the that's the thing you listen to tim ferris and it's like it's just basically them both patting each other on the back but it's you say that this one isn't like that right no, I, I think it, I think it is different, and I think that's that's what makes it really good. Um, Sound Matters is another one that I found was interesting that yeah. popped up. I've I've listened to an episode of it, and I really really enjoyed it. I'm sure we'll get onto that another day because I'm sure I know I think I know you've listened to it. So um, uh-huh. yeah, we will. I'm sure at some point get onto that. And 
there was one more that I was going to mention, and it's totally lost out of my head right now because I don't write things down like you do, Jack. That's, uh, <laughs> that's where my life seems to go wrong, I think. Um, so I'm desperately scrolling back up the list and trying to find it because I'm an idiot. You being um, the copywriter of the two of us. The one I know, who does- I don't write on weekends <laughs> or after work. I do my writing during the day, and then I, I stop. Oh, yeah, 10% happier with Dan Harris. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so have you listened to that one yet? No, no, that's uh, that's a new one on me, which I haven't yet listened to. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued because I, I like Dan Harris and I, I like um, w- what he's done and said in the past. And I like his story. So I'm just interested with the podcast, to be honest. Yeah, that one's interesting. I've listened to quite a few of those, actually. And um, I think the guests that he gets on are interesting. I also think what's good about that one is, is that he's still figuring stuff out and there are people who come on and again it's not that thing where he's the guru he's very questioning of people who come on and relay their thoughts about mindfulness and meditation and you can tell that a lot of the stuff he's being exposed to for the first time and also as well still has this tinge of news reporter where he's hurrying things along and is almost a bit boisterous which again sort of runs counter to the whole principle of the show uh, and the fact that it's a podcast about being more mindful but is i think again indicative of the fact that he's still on this journey too so that one's yeah let me know what you think of that one freds because that one i find quite interesting brilliant well yeah i think it's i think it's a a cracking list and like you say it's not got all of the kind of like you know repeat offenders in there i guess (laughs) of of kind of must listen to podcast lists there are some don't get me wrong but i think they're all very worthy ones um Mm. so i i would 100 percent if you're listening right now and want some more podcasts and haven't had your fill from listening to episode party to check out this list we'll put it in the show notes i rarely put anything but our podcast recommendations in the show notes but for, for once for you i'll put this link to this medium article by the do lectures into the uh, show notes so you can also go through your 100 plus must listen to podcast of 2017 and pick out your favorites and if you do like one um you could get in touch with the show and and let us know we are at episode underscore party on twitter or you can email us at hello at episode dot party yeah i mean on that feel free to reach out if you do have a podcast that you really enjoy either on this list or off it and you know we haven't talked about it yet feel free to get in touch and we'll have a chat and uh who knows we might have you on exactly exactly i think that just about rounds about us out doesn't it jack i think so i think we've done a lot of talking out of our head holes today so yeah it's been fun hasn't it it has been fun and the best part is i've already done all of the plugs that people need to know so we can just end the podcast How about that? <laughs> i love it swish oh we're Brilliant. getting good at this all right then well i'll see you next time guys adios goodbye hey everyone freddie here If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us and it really helps us out. Thanks. Thanks.